welcome back to Turf Talk. It's been a fantastic weekend of action. It's been a while since we've actually done a review pod, to be fair, but there was so much to talk about this weekend that we just felt it kind of had to be done. My name's Lewis Tomlinson. As per usual, I'm joined by the big man, James Watson. How are you doing, pal? Hello, doing very well. A very enjoyable weekend in Ireland and even in England to some extent. Um, One... To, to think that the Dublin Racing Festival has only been going for a couple of years, uh, how much of a mainstay it is in the calendar now and, and why all them races lead to, to the big festival in March is a clear indicator. And I'm, I'm looking forward to analysing them with you. Like. Yeah, mate. And Norm, when we've done last, the last two podcasts this time of year, you've, you tend to do it hungover because of the Super Bowl. Are you in that state again today? No, but it was more a virtual party this time, which which sort of meant less pressure to drink. <laughs> so we, we had a we had a fair amount to drink last night, but not not enough after a, a nice long walk this morning and uh, freshened up. And no, I'm, I'm I'm okay. Celebrating all the winners at the Dublin Racing Festival, that. Yeah, yeah, I've, we've. I, I love racing Twitter. I love racing Twitter. And I loved it at the weekend. Apart from in the evenings where it slowly descended into rugby union chat on the Saturday and then American football chat on the Sunday. I thought, time to turn my phone off. Bloody hell, just let's keep rewatching Monkfish to get myself through it. Uh, we are going to go in, in chronological order though, and we'll start with the Nathaniel Lacey and partners. Novice Hurdle, the grade one, over 2 6. Uh, and the Fav 1 Jim, Guy many for. Willie Mullins uh, looks to be Ballymore bound. Smart performance in a strong race. Yeah, and I, I was looking to find angles to beat him because I I wasn't sure if he was sort of had the staying class at, at, at this sort of distance. I, I know he'd won over two far, but I thought and a step up two furlongs. He didn't, although he won comfortably last time. I, he still had to show to me that he was a two six horse, but. Um, he certainly showed that as well, and if anything, it's shown him in a different light here. It's sort of shown that if he does become a bit of a sloggy in the Ballymore at Cheltenham, he'll be certainly up to that. And there were some nice horses in behind who all come into the race with interesting profiles. Um, gentleman's game was unbeaten, and he ran, ran with plenty of credit, having only had one start under rules prior to that. And I'd be interested to see where they go with him because I don't think he's slow, but I don't think he's fast. But I, I, I think I think I might be edging more to the Albert Bartlett with him and another horse that caught everyone's eye. Lewis has been sort of shouting about him for the the last couple of weeks for the Albert Bartlett was Fakira, and I'll, I'll let you elaborate on that. Yeah, look, he he just shaped to me like the like the biggest Albert Bartlett horse in that race. He was he was outpaced a fair way. And to be fair, he watching it, maybe I'm watching maybe I'm saying this through slightly biased glasses, but I don't think he got the, the best run through of the race. He had to switch wide a bit and he was just having to be scrubbed along here and there. A smoother passage, he probably gets closer, he's probably in that head bob for second. Uh yeah, look, he he looked like the slowest horse in the race. And that's all I wanted to see. <laughs> Uh, very happy with him. Uh, second and third, Statler and Gentleman's Game have both run fine races. Their first starts, 
out of maiden company over hurdles. Uh, how much of a chance of following up at the festival do you think the winner has? Um, it's a very deep division this year, isn't it, the Valley Mall? Um, he has just edged to the top of the market, hasn't he? Um, Brave Man's Game and Bob Ollinger are two very, very nice animals. And I'd probably, he'd, out of Gaillard de Mini, Brave Man's Game and Bob Ollinger, he'd probably be last on my list, Gaillard. Um, I was very impressed with Brave Man's Game. Bob Ollinger looks more of a complete animal, whereas the rest sort of look slightly green. But I was impressed by Gaillard de Mini, but I wasn't as impressed as I was with him as as I was with Brave Man's Game. Yeah, fair enough, Jim. Although, to be fair, this is a race with surely much more depth to it. Yeah. Uh, anything else in behind, mate? Well, I guess we've touched on Gentleman's Game and Stattel. Gentleman's Game's a tough one for me, mate, because... I could see the case for stepping him back down in trip. You know, he won his medal over two miles really impressively. I'd go Ballymore with him rather than Bartlett. Statler's probably going to have to be the Bartlett horse. I mean, he's you know he was Antipo's favourite for it, even though looking like less of a stout stayer than Gentleman's Game. Yeah, um, I said I'd go Albert Bartlett. I, I, like I said, I didn't think he. I thought he had plenty of speed, but he also had. He was quite a galloper. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where they go with him. Um, Kate Gentleman travelled into the race towards the back of the field and just never really found much, which made me think that maybe two mile six was slightly too far for him. Um, I know he'd won over two mile four when he's hurdles debut and he stayed well on the flat, um, but I was disappointed with him. And my, my sort of hunch on Vanilla, um, he never really got into the race. He jumping sort of fell apart and he, I don't think he liked... Um, the false start at the beginning it sort of messed him up slightly he was in a decent position he's a horse that's normally ridden fairly prominently and when they spun back round he was towards the back of the field and um, he just never got back into the race But so I keep my eye on Vanilla because I, I, I do think he is a pretty decent animal um, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of winners in behind Shadow Rider travelled into the race very well as well and just didn't quite stay the distance um, the, there's plenty of little eye catches you could have seen in this race and I, I do think it's, it's going to be fairly deep can't disagree with anything you've said mate the only thing I might add from that is maybe have I seen a Martin Pipe horse so I don't think he's got a mark yet unless it's being announced today and I'm just having a little whether I can come across it on Twitter uh Ooh, 137, yes, I like that. I like that. Got a puffy for the Martin Pipe. Yeah, I agree. He travelled, uh, he was another one who travelled really uh, well into the race and then just tailed off quite late, um, responded to, uh, to a bit of pressure and ran more than creditable. So I, I like that. I could be with you there. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite clear that I thought he shaped quite well, uh, whilst probably not quite seeing out the trip. Uh, you're having to do a lot of scrolling to find the mark he's been given. It is 137 because it seems like it's a word in Sanskrit, judging by the language on Twitter. Uh, I don't really know what I'm looking at now, to be fair. Uh, I'll start talking about horses once again. Uh, the next race, Jim, was a Ladbrokes Dublin chase. And look, it was it was as simple as you've expected for Shaq and Poissois. 
Uh, Faki Duderi gave him a race, to be fair to you, Jim. You put him up at 40s on the podcast as, as a decent each-way bet. You got that one. They pulled clear of notebook uh, tornado fire sizing policy. Min, never comfortable. Patrick pulled him up uh, fairly early doors, really. Fair bit to dissect from in behind, but I guess the winner first, Jim. The champion chases his race to lose. Altior's still the second favourite. And on, on that, you know, on what Altior did at Kempton, saying this is a massive Altior fanboy, Shaq and Poissoir you know, will be on the ferry home before Altior's finishing. Yeah, I do. I, I, there's absolutely two comparables there. Um, Shaq on jumped really well, stayed on really well, and people said he doesn't. Well, it's not that he doesn't do a tap in front or he doesn't um, doesn't stay as strongly towards the end, but he, he did this easily and, and, and poured the pressure on the rest of the field after jumping the last and, and finished the strongest I've seen him stay for for a long time. And um, Fakir Duderi in behind, I, I, I thought stepping him back down to two miles was more up his street. He jumped a lot better um, and plodded on to, to get second, beating Notebook, who... He didn't jump with as much fluency as, as I'd have quite like to have seen. He normally uh, is quite uh, efficient over his, his fences, but it, it was just a slight bit niggly for me. Um, and disappointing from him because, like you said on, on the uh, preview podcast, with him probably being the third best in Ireland uh, over this distance, you would have quite liked to have seen him finish second, not uh, brushed aside comfortably by Fakir Duderi. Um, obviously Min never was right after them mistakes and I'm glad all's good with him if anything Willie will get him right for the the Ryanair and he'll be arguably a bigger price (laughs) yeah I can do you know what as as a massive Min fan you know I've, I've said I've banged his drum all season saying I think he's the best Cheltenham Festival bet uh I wasn't actually that upset by it because I he never looked comfortable and I I think Patrick did the right thing in taking swift decisive action early and thinking right we'll put him away for another day find out what's wrong but look if it's a longer term problem it's a longer term problem it didn't look like one though his no, jumping was sorry go on his jump it's the first time I've seen him look uncomfortable because he's such an effortless horse we've seen him year in year out be so relentless it's the first time I've ever seen him it was the first time he pulled up it was a, he just a, a horse that's top class like him week in week out to see him sort of struggle a bit was it didn't worry me but it made me think well I'm sure that he will be back I hope so I really hope so uh, for Kiedu the region would you run him in the Ryanair Ooh. I think I'd keep him at this trip. Um, I've never really been of the opinion that he's... I don't think he's quick enough to win a champion chase, and I don't think he's in the middle to be a Ryanair horse, and he's certainly not a Gold Cup horse. Um, do you not think? I, well, I, I think... Ryanair all day long. He's far over two miles. He's, he's fairly, fairly decent. And it could be interesting. It'd be worth throwing a dice at the running him over that far. Um, we've only ever seen him run, o- run over two mile four uh, in the Drinmore and it, he kept on strongly thanks to the fall of Sam Crow. 
Um, but I'm, I think I'd rather keep him to the championships at this moment in time. Maybe the Ryanair next year. Because you've you got to bear in mind, he's only six. And putting a lot of pressure on him so early on. I think the division is slightly weaker in the championships than they are the quality of the Ryanair this year. Yes, I agree with that in terms of depth. But in terms of being more winnable, surely you'd, have, you'd rather have a crack at Min and Alaho than at Jacques and Bossoir again. Yeah. Interesting race. I, I, I think Jacques an, an absolute good thing for for Cheltenham. I think it comes in a poor division, bearing in mind, remember, Politolog won the race last season. And we all love Politolog. But, you know, in hindsight, the Tingle Creek probably wasn't very good. Rouge from Grenadine wouldn't reach the top five in a normal year of a champion chase and he got done by a handicapper last time out. A good handicapper. But that's all first floor was before. It's it's a it's a bad crop of two milers. It's a bad crop of three mile chases as well as well and we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh but yeah, Shaq and Porsoir, a bit of a monster. Uh another horse who I think is a bit of a monster is Inergemine, who uh got the job done his first start in a grade one in winning the Irish Arkle. Uh, this lad's a bit special, and I'm still on the Shishkin train. But God, I'm I'm worried about this boy. Yeah, he's the he's the one that's possibly putting a thorn in the side of that big race treble of the novice chase division, and Anergamine versus Shishkin is going to be very very exciting. Um, uh, the ground is a key to Anergamine. I think a lot of his form is on soft heavy ground and come Cheltenham if it's good to soft or better or good even good but I very much doubt it if it's good racing ground he might be flapping a bit and he's gonna he's not gonna get his own way out in front in the in the champion uh, in the arc or sorry and I've heard that Paul Townend said I don't think I think he might do better for a lead but it'd be interesting to see how he reacts when all mankind's right next to him looking him straight in the eye and challenging him down to the first. See if that puts any more pressure on his jumping. His jumping is excellent, by the way, but the speed that all mankind goes will put every little bit of pressure on his jumping completely. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the race. It, it, was, a, it was a simple task uh, brushing aside this lot. He beat most of them. Uh, well, collaterally, he beat most of them. Um, and... It was really, really impressive, and hopefully he just stays fit for the festival. Hopefully, yeah. Well, like I said, if I could ban one horse from Cheltenham, it definitely would be in Ergemin. I like my trebles. Uh, Frank Holderport, I was probably a little bit disrespectful to him after he won the uh, race at Christmas. I felt he kind of fell into winning that. Uh, this is more substantial and probably a better performance again in, in finishing second. He probably yeah. needs a setup in trip and might be the third pick in the marsh behind Envoilen and Chamblou for me. That would be the order I'd have the two and a half mile uh, novice chases at the minute if Franco Deport stepped up. Yeah, I'd, I'd sort of agree with you there. Uh, he's, he's made a pretty good start to his chasing career and he's improved on his hurdles form. And there could be a, just finding out a slight bit more about him as they go. 
Um, hopefully he will go to the festival, like I've said already. But the horse that caught my eye in this was Black Bow. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of him, to be honest, and it's not necessarily a good thing because he's a bit of a cliff horse. Um, to, like you said, he uh, early on in the season, he went off 11-4 to to uh, in the racing portion of his chase after making a really nice chase debut beating Entoukas. Um He was third behind Energamine uh, in January and he was third again to him here, but he, he wasn't beaten as far and he travelled into the race better as well um, as if something was just clicking or everything just went a bit better and I think there's a nice race in Black Bull somewhere but I don't know where it is and when it's going to happen uh, could be in a handicap but I'm, I'm not entirely sure but he's a horse I've got a, a bit of time for Felix Deji and Darvis Star was disappointing and Captain Guinness was just coming up to Energamine to, to have another battle uh, before crumpling on landing which I was disappointed with because I thought he travelled and jumped quite well I know that Energamine beat him last time, but it would have been interesting to see if he'd have stayed on his feet how far uh, he would have been beaten by. I've started re-watching Captain Guinness. I watched his last, last few runs, uh, brought into the preview pod on, on Thursday. And I'm not quite sure with Captain Guinness. I don't think it's quite... Whether it's green, not quite greenness would it be the most ample way to describe it. But if you look at a horse like Inerjamine, when Paul Townend says to Inerjamine, it's battle mode, he goes, right, yeah, knuckle down straight away. I think Captain Guinness just kind of gets confused for five seconds. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, it takes he's him a, a big horse, of, isn't it? Yeah, and it just kind of takes him a little bit of time to register from uh, travelling smoothly, you know, being in his comfort zone, to right, now it's time to knuckle down that instant switch doesn't appear to be quite there with him yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's still a horse with a hell of a lot of ability. Yeah. But and, al- when- and also, do you think at two miles, would you step him up in trip? Uh, no, because I think he's a strong traveller. And I like him over two miles. I, I do like him. Uh, look, he won't win an arkle. But you could you could kind of see him popping up in races, maybe like the Hilly Way next season. I mean, he's only got a rating of 150 in Ireland, which which might not won't even see him top weight for the Grand Annual. Mm, interesting. And They're not going to do that, are they? They won't do that, but... He hasn't got an entry in the Arkle, has he? No, he, I'm sure he has. I'm going to have a look now. No, he hasn't. No, he did. He did. He did when I wrote my preview of it. Uh... So unless you've taken him out, that's a very that might be a very interesting little thing you've popped there, Jim. They they must have um, seen his handicap mark and thought we can have a bit of fun with this. Or whether they keep him in Ireland, you know the the Ryan Egg uh, the Ryan Egg Gold Cup, the race that used to be the Powers Gold Cup, is generally uh, quite bad. Mm. No, he's in the Arkle. He's in the Arkle on racing post, but not on at the races. So yeah. make of that what you will. Uh, but so. You know, I was going to say, if, if they weren't going to run him there, maybe something like the Powers Gold Cup uh, might have might have been half easy if they wanted to step up in trip, because that's always very winnable. Uh, yeah, this this is the this is the third best two-mile chaser around at the minute, at least in the top three. I'd have a, I'd have a, an urge of me to bully Altior. Very good horse. 
uh, gonna be some clash at Cheltenham. I, I, I kind it's gonna be it's gonna be the big discourse as well, isn't it? Because I, I know Matt Chapman's come out with his article and saying, you know, today <laughs> or you, you're delusional if you if you like you know what you mean. There are a lot of people though now on Twitter who think he was swinging the other way. You know, Shishkin was a drifter on Saturday. It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. Uh, a wave of the sea got the job done in the Matheson handicap chase. He was a Grade One winner at this meeting last season. Uh, seems bizarre to even say that. Look, it's taken him a while, really, to reach a decent level over fences. He won. He broke his uh, duck there at Kilbegan back in September, but has kind of been found out in graded company after then. But good to see him taking advantage of a low mark with Simon Torrens in the saddle to get the job done there in Tukas and I catch him running fourth as well decent novice chaser in him he, he might also be on several grand annual shortlists I can see that happening uh, the Irish champion hurdle Jim I was wrong Quite so was I wrong. yeah uh, Honeysuckle absolutely mm-hmm. want them she's got to win the champion hurdle uh, why didn't we have any 40 to 1 this year <laughs> My, I sort of when she kicked round that bend I was like I'm so glad she's shown how good she is over this distance but then the back of me thinking why didn't you run her in the champion last year she would have absolutely bolted up um, sadly no 40s this year but hey ho she's looking like she's going to have a very very good chance if she goes to the champion hurdle which I think she will Um she smashed the best of Ireland, uh, and it's a, another duel. There seems to be a lot of these duels that are going to be happening at Cheltenham. Two very top-class animals in the same division. Um, Honeysuckle versus Epiton. Who's going to be the best mare of the two? Um, and who said the mare's hurdle fills races down? <laughs> You've got the two best mares over two miles. Um, should be exciting. Does she win the champion hurdle for you? She does for me. I think that extra stamina later on could sort of blunt Epiton's speed. I think the fact that she's relentless in the gallop, Epiton just has that turn of pace. And and I know Honeysuckle's maybe not not as efficient as Epiton over a hurdle, but it's the constant pressure that uh, Honeysuckle will put Epiton under because she will be galloping and so relentlessly. Um, Epiton will struggle to keep up that high accuracy. So tactically, how do you expect it to unfold, mate? Would would you be going forward with either of them, or just you know, both of them? I guess traditionally are, are ridden forward enough, but they take a lead. So whether you know, Epiton are going to have to try and utilise an eternal foot, isn't she? Yeah. So whether uh, Honeysuckle they try and dominate from the front with her, but Silverstreak will be there, and he'll be wanting to do that. Yeah, I think that Honeysuckle will take a lead off Silver Street, but with three or four furlongs to go, Rachel will start stoking the coals and getting going. Epiton will be used to that one burst of speed as she's quicker than Honeysuckle. Aidan Coleman will be sat with a target on Rachel Blackmore's back, waiting to pounce as soon as the time was right. Probably just after the, uh, just, uh, just after the last hurdle. Then you use Epiton's speed to try and beat her. Because if he tries to get into a battle with her, I can't see Honeysuckle stopping. Yeah, that's a very, very fair assessment. Clear career best from Honeysuckle as well 
in my opinion, absolutely breathtaking performance. Abacadabras ran well enough in second, and you can see him hitting the three in the champion hurdle. Yeah, um, ran with a lot of credit. Um, Sharjah doesn't like this time of year. Um, Petit Mouchoir was disappointed in the end. Samwa is not a champion hurdle winner. Uh, and Soldier was very disappointing, but a horse who's had a lot of injuries. And maybe it's going to take a couple of warm-ups, and he's a horse that I've never really joined the hype with, but I wouldn't be surprised if he runs with credit at Cheltenham if he, t- if he goes there. No, look, I, I took 20s about Saint-Wart and Saldier in the summer. Uh, I think they're practically worthless now. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Simon Torrance completed his big handicap double. Uh, we've dropped the anchor in the Ladbrokes Champagne Gold second, Saint Deroux third, Westcock Wildway in fourth. Uh, and then, though, Jim, undoubtedly the most impressive performance of the day came from uh, Kilcrut, it's pronounced apparently, uh, who absolutely pissed up. Yeah. Without really Patrick having to do anything, you could have put one of them like monkey jockeys on board there in India. <laughs> And he's still, he would have, I would say he'd probably be lighted, he probably would have more even more impressively. He could have put a hundred monkey jockeys on him, <laughs> and he'd have still absolutely danced up. Uh, clearing away from Let's Be Clear About It, who obviously has a form line that interlinks with Sir Gerhard. What do you want? Stayed on into third. Another of Willie's horses, though, Chemical Energy and Ramilly's, probably posed more of a threat during the race than Kilcrot. Uh, mate. This was stupid. You don't see this very often. You sort of didn't believe it to be happening when it did happen. I was sort of sat there thinking, now either this race is going to be really, really good or everyone's going to be off a cliff with it. And, I mean, they went a fair clip early on. And he, he certainly, as the other horses were stopping, he was still motoring. And plenty, plenty under the bonnet as well. And never even touched him. Didn't even, hardly even change his hands. Um, and he, this was a, a real introduction onto, onto the grand stage. And, um, he's certainly going to take it to Sir Gerhard, uh, if you go collateral form lines. Oh, it's, mate, just the ridiculousness of this. It, 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 it wasn't even as in, you know, sometimes you, you have to shake a horse up a little bit. You know, Monkfish is a prime example, right? You know, Monkfish on the Sunday came home winning as easy as you would have liked, but there was still a little bit of a, a shake-up for the gear change. There was no gear change for Kilcrot. No, there was nothing. He was just relentless. Is it too good to be true? I, I'm not sure. I, I, I like to see things twice. And I, I think his price is too short now for the bumper at Cheltenham. I am a, I am a bit of a fan of both of them, but if on prices, I think Sir Gerhard's more of a price now. But I, I if Kilcrow absolutely blitzed him, I really won't be surprised. And also, an interesting fact I saw the other day at Cheltenham: Willie's bumper winners are never, never short prices. They're always a fairly large price, and we sort of saw it a bit last year with Appreciate Infernie Hollow. 
But you never see Willy with a short price winner in the champion bumper. No, you don't. Uh, I'm sure I can get them up the air. Willie's previous champion bumper winners. Yeah, Fernie Hollow was 11s, Relegate was 25s, Briar Hill 25s, Champagne Fever 16s, Cousin Vinny 12s. But then I guess if you have a look at, at which ones will be that sort of price really this season. You know, Ramelis was in the top five in the betting for the champion bumper. You know, he'll be a double the price now. He might mm. be the sort of horse who's 25 to 1. Goes off 25 to 1, having been about 12s, you know, pre race. He's not going to beat Kilcrut. No, he's not. You know, uh, just the le- the form stacks up so well. Chemical Energy, I spoke about on the pod about two or three weeks ago, because I really liked his first two wins for Gordon. You know, that and that forms up good on Eagles' wings. Uh, actually beat Captain Kangaroo, who beat Kilcrut in his first bumper last season. Uh, on Eagles Wings was beaten by Chemical Energy you know went out and won on his first hurdle starts you know Champagne Socialist who was second behind uh, Chemical Energy on debut backed up that form finishing second to Grangie who we'll talk about later as well just this, look this this was the strongest bump we've seen all season uh, and he made them all like a set of dossers <laughs> I I I and I know, I know it's the clever thing to do, and quite rightly, is to not get carried away with horses off the back of one performance because that leads that leads to scenarios like James Willoughby. Uh, but if you're not getting at least a little bit carried away, why are you in this game? Yeah. After yeah. watching things like this, mm. you know, if you can't get excited at that. Why are you here? Uh, he wins a champion bumper. Yeah. Well, meh. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he got beat, but I wouldn't be um, shocked if he won. The manner of it, Jim. Sigurhard quickened, right? Sigurhard quickened. Is he not? How? How? We've not had to see Kilcock quicken. What's he going to do when he's asked? Maybe he might find nothing. Maybe he's a bridal horse. Works for Sky Pirate now. Who's <laughs> going to win everything this season as he's entered in everything. He is. He is. Jesus Christ is in the game spirit against Altior and imagine what happens. Imagine what, what I will do if Sky Pirate beats Altior. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of Lewis's racing fun. He's never going to watch the sport ever again. I'll have to be institutionalised, lad. <laughs> No wonder you couldn't win tips down with the Sky Pirate beating Iblio. <laughs> it, it was it was the most textbook thing that has ever happened in my life. <laughs> it was absolutely guaranteed. Uh, I guess just as was guaranteed <laughs> was that Charles Burns had the winner of the big handicap on the air. Uh, on the Sunday in Off You Go, who's, who's done well for him at the Dublin Racing Festival before as well. Some laugh that was uh, one for the good guys, as people say. Manella Times ran well in second. Bumping up a four or five might see him in the national. Sorry to bring it up, but it might do. Uh, live Love Laugh ran such a Live Love Laugh race in third. He's going for the top, of which he 
might win. He loved Aintree last time we were there. And Farquhar's in the National League probably won't go up enough to win. Uh, or get in, sorry. Uh, back to the start of the grade ones. Do you, uh, or do you want to say anything about the Mayor's Handicap? Heard of that Heaven Help Us one? Not too fussed. There was a bad fall on the far side that sort of um, messed up the horses from behind. And I think Heaven Help Us got away with it slightly from the front. Uh, there was a lot of nice horses travelling in behind when Tintango fell and Mrs Milner. Um, so uh, I'd just be wary of that form. But other than that, that's it. And I don't really want to speak about the Spring Juvenile Hurdle. <laughs> no, Mrs Milner is, uh, remains a well-handicapped horse. Uh, Tintango, yeah, not a nice fall for her. Although her her pre-race comment on at the races says her claims if he can back that up in the Grade B Mayor's Handicap Hurdle. Uh, <laughs> You don't want to talk about the Spring Juvenile Hurdle, Jim. Uh, so I will. Colixios looks a horse with a fair amount of stamina, but enough speed for two miles. Very, very decent. It seemed like further than the five and a half lengths winning margin from St. Sam. Uh, you're a massive fan of Hume, though. He got absolutely whomped and won't be winning a triumph. Uh, what do you make of the winner, though, Jim? Could he be a danger to his stablemates, Anna, here? No, I prefer Duffelcourt to him, if I'm being honest. Um here is obviously very good. Duffelcourt's come into this race a bit quietly because we haven't seen him for such a long time. But Quilixios has done this well, but I think he's the bottom of the three for me for the uh, Gordon Elliott stable in the Triumph. Really, I'd have him, I'd have him over, uh, over Duffelcourt, if I'm honest, mate. I quite like this... It was a foregone conclusion a long way from home. And I don't think St. Sam's a bad horse. He's been given an Irish mark of 136, which, you know, you assume there'll be some tax put on that by the British handicapper. But if he's off anything around 139 for the Fred Winter, I think that's a shout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you could say the same for Bustleton, because he ran down here, um, well, he was only three and three quarters of lengths behind him last time. He's probably got the the form in the book. I'd be interested to see. Do you know what Marquis got? Do you want me to do some research? If you wouldn't mind. Because um, he was given a bit of a different ride. Last time um, we saw him lead and, and sort of dictate it. But he sort of took a lead this time, which I thought was odd. Because last time he, he ran with some, so much credit. Umidor was keen, didn't jump very well. I was disappointed with him. And I, I think... There was something was too, it was too bad to be true. So something must have been up with him. Um, I hope they still run him in the triumph anyway, because I've got a lot of time for him. Um, he's a good horse, just needs to brush up on his jumping, and he needs a good gallop, which I think he'll get if he runs in the triumph. One three three for Bustleton in Ireland. Add seven. That's my rule normally. I add seven to every horse, that, uh, Irish horse that runs in England. Um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon that for the Fred Winter? I could see it. I like St. Sam more. I feel like he, in the, in the uh, race at Christmas, in the night, Frank, he was the horse who was most disadvantaged by the way the race panned out. Uh, got no sort of run through. Emerged with a fair amount of credit still. And I thought he shaped like a good horse yesterday. It looked like a a bit of a long, longer-term project. Not saying he's not green or genuine now, but he looks 
a bit bigger and a bit slower. And the thing I liked about what St. Sam did was when Kulik just took it up from him, you kind of thought it could have been an absolute walloping. But St. Sam, to his credit, didn't didn't actually fold. You know, Kulixios obviously was just extending, but he he didn't drop back tail. He just continued going at his pace, which was slower than a a very very tidy winner. Uh, yeah, I, I think the winner's a good one, mate. I think the winner's a good one. I mean, look, it's obvious he's he's, he's an unbeaten grade one winner now. Wouldn't prefer if Zana here. I like that Zana, what Zana here did on the clock at Fairy House was silly. What he did to Saint Sam that day was more impressive than what Kulixios uh, did to him here. And it may be that, you know, they're only three-year-olds that have turned four-year-olds. Sam's improved in the interim. But what we've also seen from Zana here is that he can win off a slow pace like he did at Christmas because that, the style of that really was set up to beat him. You know, stack him up and turn it into a sprint. And even though it was only three-odd lengths, like you said, it could have been 30 it was that comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think the boys are good things. There's, uh, th- there's a lot of chat about Zana here for the Supreme, which I think stupid. But the, because Gordon's got so much depth in the tri- in the triumph, there's a lot of talk of him going for the Supreme, isn't there? Uh, any one of the three, they've all got the entries. Um, I think they should all run in the triumph. That's the, that's the race for them. I'd agree with that, mate. I don't. I don't really like going. Uh, you know, having them split. If I'm honest, uh, best price sixteen to one. Zana here for the triumph hurdle. If you for the triumph, more, sorry for the supreme. For, for the supreme novice hurdle, if you are that way inclined. Uh, appreciate it's a banker of the week at Cheltenham Gym at the prices. He's the best horse in the Supreme, and this and this showed it. And uh, I think the the three in behind, uh, probably even four or five in behind, are all very decent animals as well. Uh, there's races to be won with them elsewhere, but appreciate is is the king of the two mile division. We we've seen him. He's um, sort of brushed two good fields aside in Grade Ones, and Bally Adam was closer to him this time than he was uh, at Christmas. Um, I appreciate it. Everyone's saying that he, he doesn't want um, two miles. He wants a step up in trip and uh, he's sort of certainly shown that two miles is, is his bag. He, he's, he was given a sort of honeysuckle ride. He was revved up from the front and, and told to kick for home. A very, another good ride for Paul Townend who had an absolutely outstanding Dublin Racing Festival. Um, Bally Adam ran with a lot more credit and I know you're a fan of him, Lou, and I think step up in trip might be interesting for him. I, I don't think it'd be ridiculous for him to be running well in the Ballymore. And Blue Lord is another horse who I, I am a fan of. And I was a bit gutted when he was beaten so far um, in the Lawlers of Nace. But step back down to two, he's shaped as if two mile four would be more up his street next time. Um, last time I thought stepping down in trip. This time I thought stepping back up. Maybe he's a bit of a horse who's hard to find them. That his best circumstances, but he's, he's, he settled a lot better and he jumped a lot better. Um, not as airy over them, which I was happy to see, but I think that's due to the bigger field. And I do think there's a nice racing blue lord hook up, ran with credit where you put him, I'm not entirely sure. Um, 
But I, I do think that appreciate it, like you said, he's a banker of the week. Yeah, I, I'm surprised he's not on yet, and I understand that that's because of Metier uh, in the Betfair hurdle, you know, on Saturday. But Metier's got to win that by about 10 lengths. And we all know that the Betfair hurdle going into the Supreme is absolute rubbish. Doesn't produce grade one horses. Is always the most overrated race of the season. I'll find the, uh, the stats that I did last year on it. Uh, but, yeah, practically, to cut a long story short, horses who win the Betfair hurdle are always massively overbet if they're in a grade one on the next start. It doesn't produce grade one winners uh, anywhere near with the regularity the market suggests it should. I mean, just off the top of your head, Bally Adam, uh, Al Dancer, my ten or yours, all, all won the Betfair hurdle en route to getting beaten as favourites in the Supreme. Uh, it's not a race I like. Uh, and yeah, look, he's, he's the best price 7-4 to four. for the Supreme. He's appreciate it. That's very reasonable and he should win. Yep. Simple. You'd mentioned Bally Adam. Like the way he travelled through the race, he's still clearly a very decent animal in there. And I, I would be going up in trip with him, although I, I don't think they will. Because the Supreme looks a lot windier outside of the favourite. And if you've got, you know, the horse who, in terms of Irish form, he's a clear second best now, given he won the Royal Bond as well. And... You know, his poor effort came at, at a time where the yard was under a bit of a cloud. So you can see why the Supreme looks likelier, even though uh, I'd be going up in trip. Do you like Blue Lord Jim? Happy enough with him, yeah? Yeah, I th- like I said, he jumped a lot better and he settled better. Um, when it become a bit of a... When Appreciate It went to sprint for home, he was just caught a bit flat-footed and plodded on and he stayed on really well under Brian Cooper, and I think that uh, step up in trip might be what he wants. He, maybe he just wants a really well run two mile four. Fair enough, mate. And hook up in fourth. Uh, I'd assume she'd turn up in the dawn run. Yeah, and that's... given given what we saw today, I know she got beat uh, by Ron Cahal two starts ago, who her himself. Got beat today by Rosie's Hollow, who's who's in some books still a bigger price to Malcolm Harlow. That form line gives hook up an, an each way chance. Yeah, you certainly took took that sort of area uh, for her because it looks very windy that division, doesn't it? I mean, speaking of Willie Mullins outsiders winning the bumper, the last two renewals of the uh, of the Dawn run, although Contapista ended up being quite well backed on the day, didn't she? But she wasn't she wasn't a particularly sharp price in the week leading up to the race. Mm, yeah. Uh, moving on from that, uh, the William Hill, the William Hill, sorry, the William Fry handicap hurdle went to Maze Runner, another for Willie. What a surprise uh, coming away from unexpected depth, Damalis. And Julie Solway, half eye catching another one of Willie's Kashari. Uh, back in sixth, he ran a decent race. He's high enough to get into any Cheltenham race he wants to as well. Uh, 
the Florgrass Novice Chase, old Jim. Uh, Monkfish is my favourite horse in training. Now, uh, I've took the final furlong podcast out of my bio and replaced it with Monkfish. <laughs> have you? I have. Oh, big move. Just because he's absolutely ridiculous, isn't he? Look at the size of him. Look at how well he jumps. Look at how little Paul had to do with him before he knuckled down and put this race to bed. Oh, how do you beat him? He's, he's just he's just like another Denman. You can't beat him, can you? And you were sort of wor- no, not worried, but you thought this would be latest exhibition's best chance. Yeah, he's, qu- he's quicker than I thought he was. I'll give you yeah. that. He's quicker than I thought he was. And it shows that back down in Trippy is equally as good. And um, there's no words for him apart from roll on next year's Gold Cup. Oh, I'd love to see him run this year. Because I'd be backing him. But there's a chance for a triple header in in the Gold Cup for Albion Photo. And Albion Photo will win it this year, I think. And I think next year he'll he'll have the four timer scuppered by his stable mate. Mm. Yeah, I agree. The only problem with this is as well people asking me to pick between him and Envoilen. And that hurts you because you are a massive fan of Envoir. Yeah, I like look, I don't I'm not saying this to like Trumpet, but I, and especially with Owen, you know, he was a, he cost a bomb from points, but you know, I was kind of on the hype trends to them from quite early doors, you know, so I kind of feel like I've been with them for a while. Don't get me wrong, I get it wrong, I get it wrong as often as I get it right because this time two years ago, I'd have been expecting Beakstown to be doing what Monkfish is doing, you know. I thought he was that good, <laughs> you know, mm. but uh, look. I'm lucky enough that I was right this time with this horse. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think with a pair of them, it had come down so much to track and tactics and who else was around and how the race would set up. I don't think you can... If you are, if you can confidently answer who you think would win a race over, say, 2-6 between Monkfish and Envoilen, I think you may be a little bit delusional one way or the other because... It would be so tactical. It would de- revolve so much around how much pace was on, what other horses would be there to try and set it up for each other, what track it would be on. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it, and I don't think I'd bet in it. And I don't even think I'd put a horse up on the podcast for it, Jim. I'd probably sit on the fence like a massive pussy and just say, "I, I, ho- I hope they dead heat and remain unbeaten." Uh, Splinters on the arse again. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, yeah, look, he's getting better and better with every run. This was the deepest field they've come up against as well. Let, let's ignore ignore 11 lengths latest exhibition. Trade one winner last season, Asterion Falange beat an 18. And he jumped well enough today. Andy Dufresne, another horse who I've retained a lot of faith in this season. Done well, he's on his first two starts over Frenzers. Beaten 17. Deep field. This might end up being better than the, you know, than what he has to do at Cheltenham in terms of depth. Yeah, and the only other horse that sort of could challenge him at this division at this stage will be Royal Pagai, and he's in the same colour, so they're not going to put him against him, are they? Yeah, and I was a 
Royal Pagai National Chase Man last week. But given how winnable the Gold Cup looks this season, I'd be sending him for the big one now. Yeah. Oh, I'm still not entirely sure. I'm, I'm, oh, maybe, but that Gold Cup, as much as there's no standout, the competitiveness could sort of ruin him a bit. Fair enough, pal. Fair enough. I, I, I just think Wolfish is an absolute certainty. For the, for the uh, festival chases it is now. Latest exhibition. Look, bless him. Plus, he's a really nice horse, isn't he? He tries and he's admirable and he's clearly, you know, got a hell of a lot of ability. But sometimes, sometimes his best just isn't quite good enough. As I found out during Tipster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's a very much got a case of that. Uh, fair, fair from Andy Dufay and Asterian Falange as well in behind. But yeah, they've bumped into an absolute monstrous creature. And he wins whatever he wants. Uh, what were I saying earlier about not hyping horses up too much? Uh, that lasted long. And you got one right, though, Jim, uh, with the Irish Gold Cup. Ken Boy regaining this for William Mullins after Bells Hill won it two years ago. He's had a good season this year, Ken Boy, building on his second in the Savills chase. Uh, he goes well round this trip, and he's, a, you know, a genuine grade on horse at his best. After he had a bit of a spell in the wilderness last season, but put it behind him. Yeah, um, jumping one in this, and a very enterprising ride. Um, it was a small field as, as I was talking about and he was allowed to dictate um, the jumping of the others was questionable Manella Indo was quite long at expenses which I haven't seen which is obviously an effect of his fall last time um, Delta Work didn't jump with as much fluency as usual and I don't think Mellon enjoyed being held up which sort of messed his jumping up a bit um, the storyteller fair dues for you for telling you saying he's an each-way price because he wasn't for me at all and um, he crept into the race and he's had an outstanding season this year and it's interesting the one interesting statement after the race was they don't think Ken Boy likes the Cheltenham fences and they could go for the stayers hurdle now that absolutely fascinates me because He'd be competitive in a stayers hurdle, you know, and I know them two are, are way above, but he's a very, very good animal. If he can produce the same sort of rating over fences over, uh, as he would do over hurdles, he'd proper interest me. I just don't get why you do it, though, mate, if I'm honest. He's not he run over not, hurdles. He doesn't like the hustle and bustle of the fences at Cheltenham. But he's not run over hurdles for four years. I don't, I don't see where the logic in that comes from. If they thought, you know, he was a, a grade one level hurdler, why have they only just decided that now? Yeah, but maybe they're just looking for different options. And I, I respect that they've decided to look elsewhere because it's clear that he doesn't enjoy the Gold Cup track distance fences. As we've seen him. Well, is it just Cheltenham in general, though? Is it just Cheltenham in general? Over his Cheltenham record is fifth, fifth in the Ballymore, won by Willoughby Court. Fourth. Fourth in Shattered Loves, 
Marsh, he unseated in the Gold Cup, and then he was seventh in the Gold Cup. None of them are grade one level performances at Cheltenham. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, he's not had much chance to prove himself over hurdles, but I just think it seemed like a very strange decision. They did it last year with Silos Emery. That didn't pay off, and Silos Emery was a better novice hurdler than Kenboy. Yeah. Be interesting, keeping to Aintree, um, he obviously enjoys it there. Uh, as we saw in Blitz, uh, Clandis Oboe in the better way ball that time. So it'd be interesting to see if they miss Cheltenham with him, or even if they just run him. He's, he's in the Ryanair as well, isn't he? So they've got options. He's a he's a good horse. Jumping one in this would I, would I have him in the Gold Cup? No. Would I have him in the States Hurdle? I don't think he's as good as Paisley or Time Hill, but. It'd be fascinating. I, th- I I think it would be a run at Cheltenham for the sake of a run at Cheltenham. And if you're going to run at Cheltenham, run them in the race that suits them the best. And to my eyes, the Irish, the Irish Gold Cup winner is surely best suited by the Cheltenham Gold Cup, no matter what other races exist and no matter how badly, apparently, they, they dislike Cheltenham. You know, and to be fair, right, he could run the race... That got him into seventh in last season's Gold Cup, and this year it might be good enough to finish fourth. Mm. Running the exact same race. I don't think it's a good year. Uh, yeah, look, fair play to Ken Boy. He'll be the one to beat at Punchestown or at Aintree if they want to go that way. Uh, the storyteller, like I said, he's so much time for him, doesn't know how to run a bad race. Would love to have seen him in the Gold Cup because he was such a nice price. Uh, they're going the Grand National. Might be near enough top weight now. And I'm not sure about uh, about whether I'd actually be keen on him for that. Oh, it doesn't seem to me like he wants an extreme test of stamina. Uh, Delaware's had a weird year, Jim. What do, you, what do you make of him? He's just not fired at all, really. Shall I tell you what I think? I think the key to Delta work is Davy Russell and the fact that he's not ridden him since winning the grade one uh, as a novice sort of I know he's he's got on well with Jack Kennedy and I don't think I don't think he's an easy ride and I think someone needs to know him I know Jack Kennedy knows him quite well but if Davy Russell back on board him which I don't know whether he will or I don't think he will probably because presenting Percy and, and all that palaver. But um, Davy Russell has the key to him, and when he gets back to fitness, it'll be interesting to see who he rides. Fair enough, mate. It will. It will be Percy. He's, he, uh, he confirmed that last week, I think, mate. That if he's back in time, he'll ride Percy. Interesting that you think Deltaworks better horse though with. With Davy on board, given that Jack won two grade ones on him last season. Like you said, Manella Rindo jumping last season. Uh, sorry, last season. Not last season. At the weekend. They're two completely different time <laughs> frames. Uh, Manella Rindo's jumping. Lost it for him. Never looked comfortable. The mis- the, it was a bad mix of hesitant jumps and clumsy jumps. Yeah, you know. and maybe it's it's an experience. Um, I know he's only had the seven chase starts, but in the sort of 
top class grade one division. I know last season he was running in that, but he was getting against all ages this year and and not against the novices no more. He's put his jumping more under scrutiny. And last year I didn't think there was a problem with his jumping until he jumped the last uh, at Cheltenham. But he's been put more under scrutiny this year and he's just not fired as much. And it was a big disappointment on, on Sunday. Yeah, Mellon as well, mate, just isn't a free miler. And that takes his record at the top level to what now? Not from 17? I do mm. have the actual numbers somewhere, if I can be asked finding it. If you want to waffle on Jim and say something about Mellon while I find the actual number of how many great ones he's not won. Yeah, Mellon is, is a horse that's just disappoints. Uh, just in the final parts and I, I, I certainly don't think holding him up suited him in this and I think he's a horse although he probably doesn't stay three miles as well as others that you need to bang him out and, and, and keep him going from the front and rolling him on and um, this was disappointing but you'd expect Mellon to bounce back somewhere and um, town maybe um, he's got the entry in the Gold Cup and, and the Ryanair you'd probably go for the Ryanair at the minute but back up to three miles, I think you need to get him rocking and rolling out front. Oh, I'm a one-off. He's not from 16. Nearly. In, in grade ones, yeah. Which which tells a story in itself, really. Not that he's ungenuine, but just he is, you know, always three or four short of the very best on a going day. Uh, we talked about Charles Burns uh, with off you go. Some giggle, I guess it was very hashtag racing uh, for that to happen. Uh, and the final race of the Dublin Race Festival, Grangie, with Jodie Townend in the saddle, uh, slapping up her stable mate Brandy Love back in third, Party Central, uh, almost getting the job done for Gordon Elliott and Jamie Codd. In second, uh, the main takeaway from this was that Eileen Dover ate Grongy like she was Weetabix last time. Yeah, and and this was a, this just backs up how good she must be. Um, and also Miss Lamb to some extent. Miss Lamb mustn't be a decent animal. It must be a decent animal for the OK. So they must be happy with that. Grongy sort of benefited from a from a quick pace. Um, Stayed on really strongly on the outside, and, and the test of stamina suited. Did I read correctly that Grangie's been retired? I don't know. Because Did I you? think Jack, Jack Cantalon tweeted that that's it now, I think. Um, if I can find out, whether it was tongue and cheek, uh, we have this. Oh, yeah, it was a joke. It was a joke. Panic over. I, I didn't read it properly, I just read people tweeting about it. But now you actually read the tweet. It says, we have decided to retire Grangy and cover her with far above with immediate effect. It was quite tongue-in-cheek, you can tell. So, my fault there for being a bit special. Again? No, fair enough, Jimbo. Uh, yeah, it's... it's it, it, look, it just goes to illustrate just how good of a horse Pam Sly must have on her hands. Hello, well done to Jack Cantillon and Grangy uh, for their success at the weekend. I guess before we talk about Sandown on the Sunday, Jim, uh, do you want to talk about the gamble? Yeah, 
Well, did, when the gamble was happening, Lewis, this is a question that I'm interested to hear what most people think. Do they support the gamble or are they against it? Because I don't have a problem with it, but I can understand why you would have a problem with it. What are you like? Uh, depends. Because I love... The thing is, right, I'm, I'm caught in a horrific sort of never zone with my opinions about gambles. Because... And Jim will tell you this. Jim used to bollock me all the time when we were at uni together. Because uh, because I'm not very good at listening to authority. <laughs> the amount of times Jim would say to me, can't you just do what you're told? Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like like he was an angry mother. Uh, so I'm, I'm not very good at that. Which, so the instinctively, the rebel inside me thinks, yeah, gambles are fun. But also, I get really I get really upset at unfairness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, it riles me. It riles me that England are getting free home games in the Euros, you know, due to the City thing. How is that fair when the Czech Republic are in our group and they have to play away every game and we have free home games? I know it benefits us, but it shouldn't be happening. It's unfair. One team is clearly advantaged by it. It shouldn't be happening. <laughs> well, so is and the answer yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the answer is... Uh, and if you sit on the fence, that's it. We're not having it. We want a yes they're, or a no. No, they're, they're bad for the sport, but they're good fun. Yes, I agree with that. And when... But it's it's when, like, 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 when, like when you're at a football game and they start fighting on the pitch. Really, you love it. Everyone loves it. Yeah. But you know it shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And I probably love a football fight more than I love a gamble. Uh, look, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am a little bit... The, the amount of times as well I have people who are into racing say to me, racing's all fixed and it's bent. And I say to them, most of it, the vast majority of it, 99.999% of it isn't. And then they see things like this. And then I have to defend it. Mm. And but the thing with this gamble that the but there were good reasons to why they were being gambled on. They were on very good handicap marks. Blowing Dixie was seventeen pounds uh, below the last winning mark and won over course and distance. Fire away had good bumper form um, and fell in a point to point with Alnadam. Um, and. What was the last one? Um, the last one was Gallagher's Cross, who was bought for a serious amount of money after winning that Galway bumper and, and never really fired afterwards. But there was good reasoning for them horses to be gambled on. So I, I respect that there was it wasn't dodgy in that aspect, because they, they, are, they are, well, maybe not Gallagher's Cross as much, but they, they, are, they were decent horses prior to them. But, yeah, but mm, I'm not uh, I'm not very keen about it, which I'm sure is going to be an unpopular opinion because more people like them than not, and I shouldn't really be sticking up for the bookies because we're all in this game to see them get walloped, aren't we? Which is what I which is what I like. Uh, but 
and it's part of the legend and the romance of the sport. Like I say, I have very, very complex feelings towards them, and you're probably never going to get a straight answer out of me. There are aspects of them I like, there are aspects of them I dislike. Yeah, I agree. And there's something with a gamble that just gets everyone excited, doesn't it? It doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be back in it, because the value is quite clearly gone. But it gets me excited to go, will it or won't it happen? And they only happen once every three or four years. And when they do, God, the Channel 4, uh, ITV were panicking, weren't they? Oh, I. Oh, what, what? Were you watching ITV? I were on the, uh, I were on RTV, where it won't get in too much of a mention because of the DRF. I was having a bit of a flick and they were on both. Although, um, it was being mentioned on Sky Sports for the Southern race. And Gordon Brown on RTV was talking like, there seems to be a gamble going on, as if like he was, he was the only person on the planet that knew that it was happening. But they had, they went to someone at Bet Victor on Channel on ITV, sorry, um, to describe how much it had cost and what had happened to the business. So it was quite well publicised on domestic telly. Oh, that's that's good to see because I guess it's it's a sort of in that. With it kind of being on little, I don't want to say tin pot meetings, but you know what I mean? Less than high profile uh, race days that it was, I guess if they wanted to skim over it, they'd have been able to get away with it. Mm, yeah. Uh, briefly, Jim, back to Britain. Uh, Sandown at the weekend. Uh, Silly Isle Sporting John. Ridden from Rio. I know you're not the biggest fan of Dickie Johnson, but he was very good aboard the winner here. Shamblu ran a fine race again in second. Paint the Dream as well. Looked like a threat for a fairway. Nazir Dezobo, slightly disappointed. Uh, back in fourth. Does the winner have a chance of beating on Wylan? No. Um, this race fell apart. And like you said, I aren't Dickie Johnson's biggest fan, but I thought his three rides at the weekend were so, so good, I must say. Uh, this ride on Sporting John, he let him come into the race. We saw that he was disappointing on his chasing debut um, behind Fiddler on the Roof. And he knew that they were going to go good gallop because we know what uh, Chamblou and Hitman sort of do. They like to be raced prominently. And he sort of guided him through the race. His jumping was fairly sticky early on, but it soon picked up. And the confidence built. And he even fluffed the last and he still had plenty in the tank to go on. I was really, really impressed. I want to see Sporting John back that up. He was a really good novice hurdler. Um, but I'm I'm just willing to think, was he that good? Sean Blue's had a very hard season already. Mezidis elbow was disappointing on the ground. And Hitman was travelling very, very well when falling. And he also brought down Dan de Compagnie, which was... Disappointing, even though I think she was beat. Uh, but Hitman, uh, Hitman was travelling really well, and it would have been interesting to stay, see if he'd have stayed the distance, which I think he will have. But I want to see him do it first. Fair enough, Jim. Uh, yeah, like I said I, I think Shamblu is still the biggest threat to on violin. Uh, back and performing at that level. Uh, Jim, the Cotswold chase. Native River should be second favourite for the Gold Cup, and fourteen to one is a ridiculous price. 
and I don't know whether I want to back him or not. If this didn't get you up off your chair at any stage of the weekend, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because I had so much fun watching him fly around, and I had great enjoyment in watching Santini flapping around the sandown. Um, he's poetry in motion over them fences. I think I rode Native River into all of them, really, although he probably would have been carrying another 20 stone. Um, however, Native River, great to see him back. And it, it showed in that many clouds. I think if they'd have jumped, he'd have won. And there's still life in the old boy yet. Yeah. And I know he won the Gold Cup in 2018, but that's that race killed Mike Bite. And but the one thing it didn't was kill Native River, and it proves that he's very rare. He's like a he's, he's like a going back years in your Carto Stars, your Denmans, your long runs, uh, consistently year in year out, come back and battle. And I know he's had a bit of time off, and he's been very lightly campaigned since. But it proves that he's still going, and he's an absolute iron horse, and it's great to see him. And Bristol Demai ran with plenty of credit. Um, he likes the track, Bristol Demai. He just wasn't good enough to keep up with the relentlessness of Native River. Yalo Enki set the gallop early on and sort of set the race up for Native River to then kick on, while Santini was swimming in the around in the pond uh, for a while near the pond fence because he was just not quick enough around the track. He doesn't look like he enjoys the game that much. I'd love to see just loads of headgear applied to him and a, a strong test of stamina. Oh, I'd, 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 I've given up on the hope that Santini might bounce back to form. Is that it now? Is that the final straw? What positives will it take from this? What could you say about Santini that you couldn't say about Native River, but in more positive terms? Aidan um, Coleman got to learn about him. That's about it. Oh, no. You were right, Jim. Lazy slow boat. Uh, wait, wait can, sorry. Can you just say that again, please? I just need you, to save this. You were right, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. You were right. Uh, although I say that on paper the Gold Cup should suit him more than any other race he's taken part in this season but if you ran Cogre in the Gold Cup it would suit him more than running round Aintree and Cogre wouldn't win the Gold Cup just being better at Cheltenham than elsewhere doesn't immediately make you a Gold Cup horse uh, no just not happy with him it's just it's like, like I said it's just Manella Rocco with a Gucci belt uh, <laughs> Uh, everyone loves Native River and he's still a good price for the Gold Cup at 14 to 1 he's done more this season than several of him higher than him in the betting he's not a daft horse he's, he's as good as he has he's as good as he ever has been really he's got a chance mate and I can't believe I'm, I'm making the case for it to me he's Depending on how Champ runs on Saturday, I'll caveat that with, because I, I do quite like Champ. And I think he'll improve again for, for another two furlongs from the RSA. Can I chuck a hypothetical question at you? Go on. And I know you probably going to think it is lunatic-like. Lunatic if Lost beats Clan Desobo 
and champ at the weekend. Where does that put him in the Gold Cup? Uh, same price, Kemba. And what does Callum, that mean to Champ's season? Depends how well he runs. Depends how far behind him he is. Right. You know, you, you, the manner the manner of defeat would play a part. Uh, it's just looking a windy got cup. Bristol the mine, good run again in second from him. Again, he's en route to Aintree. Tree. Uh, and there's nothing else to really take from it. Yalarenki tried to hassle Native River early doors, got shook off. That was kind of his race over from there. Uh, anything else you want to talk about from Sound on Saturday? The two-mile handicap chase was a good one. Moonlighter was really, really brave in holding off Dolos for that. He's had a good season and deserves credit. Alna Dam, good round of jumping uh, to win the 255. Typical of the skeleton team, really. And Daisha Abba won the Masters Handicap Chase for the second year running. Might get him into the Grand National if he goes up seven or eight, which is might be half what you'd expect. He'll be borderline. He's giving himself a chance, though. And Jim, uh, both at Wester, our, our good friend Paul Taylor, ran a really good race as well in the last. Yeah, just took a bit of a blow coming round, uh, coming over the last, and that probably just killed him a bit, really. And for a first chase start, it was a really, really nice performance, and Andy Irvine's going to have a lot of fun with him uh, in this sort of style of race. Uh, Paige Fuller gave a really good ride. Like you said, DJ Abbott and Coostar Sibler are two of my cliff horses, and I decided to go with Coostar Sibler at the weekend, and look what happened there. Um, and as you said, Moonlight, I, I fancied him to go well in this. Um, he had form with Grenatine in the Holden Gold Cup um, and David Bass got on really well they, they made a serious error at the first as well and he still brushed that aside, Dole lost the weight probably just told for him um, but nice to see Moonlighter finally get his head in front Yeah, I agree mate anything you want to talk about from Musselburgh before we go or Lingfield? Um, not really Bangkok won at Lingfield um, which we sort of all expected and on the Sunday at Musselburgh, bareback Jack in the Supreme Novice Trial. I, I think there was Ad Amy McAintree. Um, don't Google bareback Jack and go on Google Images just to let you know, because I made that uh, mistake by accident at the weekend, and I, I'm slightly scarred. Best well, it's often a Yeah, well, as soon as you Google it, you'll regret it. Let's just say that. It's not. It's not as bad as a foot as a, no. It's all right. It seems like it's a horse. Although I'm not sure whether this laptop has safety settings on. Yeah, maybe it will. So uh, that might be why. Uh, that might be why. It's it's being given away. Uh, just a, a, a final mention as well as I go to Grand National Corner briefly. Uh, give up the LeBroy dream. If you want it, he's been robbed so hard, it's going to take him another two years to get a run. Even if he wins another race, he's not going to get in. So that's him done. Uh, <laughs> anything else from you, Paul? No, that's, that's it from me. Um, 
a really, really nice weekend of action. And I'm really looking forward to this weekend, which we'll be previewing on Thursday. I say that. As a text from James Watson arrives on my phone with what appears on his screen when he searches for bareback Jack. <laughs> Don't say it, warn you. This might be the last ever episode of Turf Talk. <laughs> I did warn you all, so please don't. You're a bad man. Time to end it there. Thanks to everyone for tuning into this week. Don't Google Bareback Jack, and we'll see you all again very soon. See you soon. Stay safe. <laughs>